Chapter thirty eight through fifty of Dao Da Ching and Wu Wei. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Melanie Schleter McCalmont. A discussion about De. Essential De makes no show of virtue, and therefore it is really virtuous. Inferior virtue never loses sight of itself, and therefore it is no longer virtue. Essential virtue is characterized by lack of self-assertion, wu wei, and therefore is unpretentious. Inferior virtue is acting a part, and thereby is only pretense. Superior benevolence, in a way, is acting, but does not thereby become pretentious. Excessive righteousness is acting, and does thereby become pretentious. Excessive propriety is acting, but where no one responds to it, it stretches its arm and enforces obedience. Therefore, when one loses Tao, there is still De. One may lose De, and benevolence remains. One may forsake benevolence and still hold to righteousness. One may lose righteousness, and propriety remains. Propriety alone reduces loyalty and good faith to a shadow, and it is the beginning of disorder. Tradition is the mere flower of the Tao, and had its origin in ignorance. Therefore the great man of affairs conforms to the spirit and not to external appearance. He goes on to fruitage and does not rest in the show of blossom. He avoids mere propriety and practices true benevolence. Chapter 39 of Tao Te Ching in Wu Wei The Root of Authority It has been said of old, only those who attain unity attain selfhood. Heaven attained unity, and thereby is space. Earth attained unity, thereby it is solid. Spirit attained unity, thereby it became mind. Valleys attained unity, therefore rivers flow down them. All things have unity, and thereby have life. Princes and kings, as they attain unity, become standards of conduct for the nation, and the highest unity is that which produces unity. If heaven were not space, it might crack. If earth were not solid, it might bend. If spirits were not unified into mind, they might vanish. If valleys were not adapted to rivers, they would be parched. Everything, if it were not for life, would burn up. Even princes and kings, if they overestimate themselves and cease to be standards, will presumably fall. Therefore, nobles find their roots among the commoners. The high is always founded upon the low. The reason why princes and kings speak of themselves as orphans, inferiors, and unworthy, is because they recognize that their roots run down to the common life. Is it not so? If a carriage goes to pieces, it is no longer a carriage. Its unity is gone. A true selfhood does not desire to be overvalued as a gem, nor to be undervalued as a mere stone. Chapter 40 of Tao Te Ching 
in Wu Wei. Avoiding activity. Retirement is characteristic of Tao, just as weakness appears to be a characteristic of its activity. Heaven and earth and everything are produced from existence, but existence comes from non-existence. Chapter 41 of Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei The Unreality of Appearance The superior scholar, when he considers Tao earnestly, practices it. An average scholar, listening to Tao, sometimes follows it and sometimes loses it. An inferior scholar, listening to Tao, ridicules it. Were it not thus ridiculed, it could not be regarded as Tao. Therefore the writer says, Those who are most illumined by Tao are the most obscure. Those advanced in Tao are most retiring. Those best guided by Tao are the least prepossessing. The high in virtue resemble a lowly valley. The widest are most likely to be put to shame. The broadest in virtue resemble the inefficient. The most firmly established in virtue resemble the remiss. The simplest chastity resembles the fickle. The greatest square has no corner. The largest vessel is never filled. The greatest sound is void of speech. The greatest form has no shape. Tao is obscure and without name, and yet it is precisely this Tao that alone can give and complete. Chapter 42 of Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei The Transformation of Tao Tao produces unity. Unity produces duality. Duality produces trinity. Trinity produces all things. All things bear the negative principle, yin, and embrace the positive principle, yang. Immaterial vitality, the third principle, qi, makes them harmonious. Those things which are detested by the common people, namely to be called orphans, inferiors, and unworthies, are the very things kings and lords take for titles. There are some things which it is a gain to lose, and a loss to gain. I am teaching the same things which are taught by others, but the strong and aggressive ones do not obtain a natural death. In other words, self-confident teachers do not succeed. I alone expound the basis of the doctrine of the Tao. Chapter 43 of Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei The Function of the Universal The most tender things of creation race over the hardest. A non-material existence enters into the most impenetrable. I therefore recognize an advantage in the doctrine of not doing, Wu Wei, and not speaking. But there are few in the world who obtain the advantage of non-assertion, Wu Wei, and silence. Chapter 44 of Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei Precepts Which is nearer, a name 
or a person? Which is more, personality or treasure? Is it more painful to gain or to suffer loss? Extreme indulgence certainly greatly wastes. Much hoarding certainly invites severe loss. A contented person is not despised. One who knows when to stop is not endangered. He will be able, therefore, to continue. Chapter 45 of Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei The Virtue Te of Greatness Extreme perfection seems imperfect. Its function is not exhausted. Extreme fullness appears empty. Its function is not exercised. Extreme straightness appears crooked. Great skill, clumsy. Great eloquence, stammering. Motion conquers cold. Quietude conquers heat. Not greatness, but purity and clearness are the world's standard. Chapter 46 of Tao Te Ching in Wu Wei Limitation of Desire When the world yields to Tao, racehorses will be used to haul manure. When the world ignores Tao, war horses are pastured on the public common. There is no sin greater than desire. There is no misfortune greater than discontent. There is no calamity greater than acquisitiveness. Therefore to know extreme contentment is simply to be content. Chapter 47 of Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei Seeing the Distant Not going out of the door, I have knowledge of the world. Not peeping through the window, I perceive heaven's Tao. The more one wanders to a distance, the less he knows. Therefore the wise man does not wander about, but he understands. He does not see things, but he defines them. He does not labor, yet he completes. Chapter 48 of Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei to forget knowledge. He who attends daily to learning increases in learning. He who practices Tao daily diminishes. Again and again he humbles himself. Thus he attains to non-doing, Wu Wei. He practices non-doing, and yet there is nothing left undone. To command the empire, one must not employ craft. If one uses craft, he is not fit to command the empire. Chapter 49 of Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei The Virtue Te of Trust The wise man has no fixed heart. In the hearts of the people he finds his own. The good he treats with goodness. The not good he also treats with goodness. For Te is goodness. The faithful ones he treats with good faith. The unfaithful he also treats with good faith, for te is good faith.
The wise man lives in the world, but he lives cautiously, dealing with the world cautiously. He universalizes his heart. The people give him their eyes and ears, but he treats them as his children. Chapter 50 of Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei Esteem Life Life is a going forth. Death is a returning home. Of ten, three are seeking life, three are seeking death, and three are dying. What is the reason? Because they live in life's experience. Only one is immortal. I hear it said that the sage, when he travels, is never attacked by rhinoceros or tiger, and when coming among soldiers, does not fear their weapons. The rhinoceros would find no place to horn him, nor the tiger a place for his claws, nor could soldiers wound him. What is the reason? Because he is invulnerable. End of chapter 50 